0: Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details.
1: And you're on right now with Jim Dawes, broadcasting on the Mojo Five O radio network and bringing you the news behind the news, the story behind the story. Here to convince you that reality is usually scoffed at, and illusion is usually king. But in the battle for survival of this republic, it's going to be reality and not illusion or delusion that will determine the future. We're live on iHeartRadio, available on demand on iTunes, TuneIn, Spreaker, and Spotify. The website is JimDaws.com, and the email address is JimDaws. Right now, JimDaws at gmail.com. That's right now. Jim Dawes at gmail.com. You can call the vent line and get something off your chest at 772-245-0750. What a week, what a week, what a world, what a world. Right now in the halls of power at the Democrat National Committee and in Congress, uh, they are huddled down trying to figure out how they're going to get back on the right side of history. And uh, we we need to make damn sure we remember exactly how the Democrats behaved during this. uh, The worst riots in at least 50 years in our country. While people were being uh, burned out of their businesses, beaten to death in the streets, police officers shot in the head and run over with cars. The Democrat Party sided with the forces of chaos and anarchy tried to convince us that what was going on was just peaceful protests and their mouthpieces in the media uh, engaged in a massive disinformation campaign over at cnn fredo told us that uh, whoever said that protests were supposed to be peaceful and the american people uh, are going to remember this and the democrats are coming slowly to the realization that uh, they have once again made utter fools out of themselves and alienated the vast uh, middle America that uh, they need in order to uh, drag old Joe Biden into the White House. In the second half of today's show, we're going to be joined by Ben Berghuan. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. He's an investigative journalist and uh, has studied the Antifa movement and he's going to uh, fill us in on an in-depth dive on just exactly how they go about their um, anarchy and chaos in the streets that we've witnessed this week. Of course, uh, it's going to be hard for the Democrats to get back on the right side of history because their radical base has engaged in this uh, defund the police movement. I guess this is going to maybe give Joe Biden uh, an opportunity to say, well, I- Maybe it's not such a great idea to defund the police that will, of course, uh, alienate, uh, the Bernie bros and, uh, a lot of the, well, even a lot of the mainstream, uh, Democrats. You had, uh, Hillary Clinton's campaign spokesman, uh, parroting this, uh, this insane notion that we can dismantle police departments across this country and still, uh, survive as a nation and to show you just how advanced this defund the police movement is you need only look as far as minneapolis the place where these riots began where scores and scores of businesses big and small were burned to the ground uh, where people were attacked in the streets where a police precinct was invaded and burned The city council president, as well as, well, I guess the whole council spoke against it because uh, no council member uh, objected when this motion uh, was brought up to dismantle the police department. They want to reimagine public safety and completely dismantle uh, the Minneapolis Police Department. They say it's unrefundable, uh, unreformable, in the words of the city council president. And you just wonder, (laughs) how are the people of Minneapolis going to respond to this? I can tell you that in these neighborhoods that are beset by high levels of crime, they don't want to defund or dismantle the police departments. They want just the opposite. They want more police. Yes, they want uh, their police to uh, conduct themselves in accordance with the law. It's yet to be determined whether or not. Officer Chauvin and his uh, his three uh, fellow officers uh, engaged in illegal activity. They've already, uh, you know, got the rope and they've determined that, uh, you know, they're guilty no matter what. The Minneapolis School Board uh, banished the Minneapolis Police Department from its schools. So at the t- same time, we've got these School shooting epidemics going on in this country. They want to drive the police out of their schools. And I can tell you from history, I was in public uh, safety. I was a, a firefighter and a, a firefighter union leader, leader, both in Atlanta and in, on the state level in Georgia. These, uh, these police officers, these public safety workers, uh, the good ones, are not going to uh, work for these cities where they have adopted a hostile attitude toward police departments. They're uh, reducing their budgets. Uh, they're going to end up having fewer officers on the street with less pay. And uh, these, these officers will certainly go to departments that are more welcoming and more supportive of their police department, leaving uh, the, the big cities that have the most violent crime and the most need for police protection, unprotected. And you can, uh, you can see where uh, a, a lot of these wild-eyed left-wing city elected officials are going to get turned out pretty promptly. One effect that this is definitely going to have is it's going to increase uh, the law and order vote for Donald Trump, and that is going to include a large share of the black vote. Now, you know, a majority of blacks are going to continue to vote as they're told by the Democrat party. They've, they've been down on that, um, that plantation, that modern day Democrat plantation for so long that they can't imagine anything else. They're, uh, they're in chains to the Democrat party, but a lot of uh, blacks are going to uh, recognize this as utter and complete insanity and, uh, and vote for law and order, um, with the only candidate that has been speaking up for law and order, like I said, the Democrats are going to try to get back on the right side of history, but they have, uh, for the last week, uh, just put together a Republican national committee campaign commercial after campaign commercial as, as they have uh, said the most reckless and uh, idiotic things for the cameras. So the silent majority, where are they at? What, 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 what is going on? Sometimes, you know, if you're on Twitter or you're on Facebook or these other uh, leftist social media platforms, you you would probably get the feeling that you're in the minority being outraged as our cities are burned and, and uh, innocent people, including police officers, are murdered in the streets. I promise you that uh, what you're experiencing on these platforms does not reflect what is going on in this country. Uh, Yeah, the platforms can limit your reach, they can suppress you, they can shadow ban you, they can take down your tweets and make sure that nobody sees them. But uh, come November, we're going to see the uh, the the silent majority. I hate to call them that; they're not silent. They're just not out in the streets burning things down but the majority is going to make itself known and I I predict mark this date uh, that the uh, Senate will increase its Republican majority the Republicans will retake the House and Donald Trump will be re- reelected. So uh, this week we've seen a massive effort by the Democrats and their media mouthpieces to try to Paint Trump is somehow responsible for this because we're told that he inflamed the uh, the rioters and the uh, the lawless uh, actors in the streets by uh, demanding law and order and uh, and urging governors and mayors to re- restore order on their streets and and offering to send the national guard. They're telling us that's the problem. Donald Trump is the problem because. He called for law and order. Well, I want to take a a, a walk down memory lane. This was uh. This was last Saturday, I believe it was a Saturday, maybe Sunday. Donald Trump was uh, at Cape Canaveral attending the SpaceX launch that was sending American astronauts into space from American soil for the first time in almost a decade. Absolutely shameful that uh, that our space program was put in mothballs. During the Obama administration, but Trump struck exactly uh, the right tone, and uh, while acknowledging that you know there are isolated instances of police brutality, made it quite clear that law and order must prevail.
2: Before going further on this exciting day for all America in space. I want to say a few words about the situation in Minnesota. The death of George Floyd on the streets of Minneapolis was a grave tragedy. It should never have happened. It has filled Americans all over the country with horror, anger, and grief. Yesterday, I spoke to George's family and express the sorrow of our entire nation for their loss. I stand before you as a friend and ally to every American seeking justice and peace. And I stand before you in firm opposition to anyone exploiting this tragedy to loot, rob, attack, and menace. Healing, not hatred, justice, not chaos, are the mission at hand. The police officers involved in this incident have been fired from their jobs. One officer has already been arrested and charged with murder. State and federal authorities are carrying out an investigation to see what further charges may be warranted, including against, sadly, the other three. In addition, my administration has opened a civil rights investigation, and I have asked the Attorney General and the Justice Department to expedite it. I understand the pain that people are feeling. We support the right of peaceful protesters, and we hear their pleas. But what we are now seeing on the streets of our cities has nothing to do with justice or with peace. The memory of George Floyd is being dishonored by rioters, looters, and anarchists. The violence and vandalism is being led by Antifa and other radical left-wing groups who are terrorizing the innocent, destroying jobs, hurting businesses, and burning down buildings. The main victims of this horrible, horrible situation are the citizens who live in these once lovely communities. The mobs are devastating the life's work of good people and destroying their dreams. Right now, America needs creation, not destruction. Cooperation, not contempt. Security, not anarchy. And there will be no anarchy. Civilization must be cherished, defended, and protected. The voices of law-abiding citizens must be heard, and heard very loudly.
1: So that is uh, that is a speech from uh, the man that the Democrats would have you to believe is a dictator, that uh, that is hunkered down in his basement uh, and you know doing nothing. Uh, the president's reaction to all of what has gone on last week has been exactly on point. He's called uh, for justice in Minneapolis, and at the same time, he has supported peaceful protest while condemning and pushing back hard against the violence in the street. we got to run out to a break when we get... When we come back, we'll take a close look at just who was George Floyd right after this message.
3: When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is...
1: So, while the president has been calling for and, uh, and moving on restoring law and order in the streets, the Democrats, for their part, have been um, ca- trying to convince us that what's happening is just peaceful protest. And they have mobilized as a, uh, a party in support of uh, George Floyd. They have deified him. They have turned him into uh, their, their newest false idol. Now, I, I have said online that George Floyd did not deserve to die, and it's going to be determined whether or not, in fact, Officer Chauvin was responsible for his death. There's uh, plenty of reason for reasonable doubt at this point uh, that uh, George Floyd did not die of asphyxiation or as a result of uh, of the um, force used during that arrest, that he had underlying uh, health conditions that were aggravated by, uh, the use of fentanyl and methamphetamine, but all of that is going to be worked out. Certainly George Floyd is not going to be able to get a, a fair trial in Minneapolis. I don't know if there's any place in the country at this point, after all of these Democrats and many Republicans sadly have accused him of murder without allowing even the investigation to be completed. Um, there, maybe there are some places in uh, rural Minnesota where, uh, he could get a fair hearing, but, uh, certainly not in the leftist enclave of Minneapolis, but George Floyd was a career criminal. He had, um, uh, he had stayed out of jail for about four years. It hadn't stopped him from continuing to, uh, you know, um, take illegal drugs and apparently or he's allegedly, I should say, uh, passing counterfeit bills. Um, But, you know, uh, yesterday we had uh, we had the spectacle of this funeral with all of these uh, Democrats who didn't even know George Floyd prostrating themselves before uh, the uh, uh, Al Sharpton and the other civil so-called civil rights apparatus. George Floyd was a career criminal. He had uh, had last done a uh, five year stint in a Texas prison for breaking into a pregnant woman's home and pointing a gun at her belly while he ransacked uh, the house for, for money and drugs. He had uh, many, many convictions prior to that as well. So uh, before I go on too long, I want to get in this clip for Candace Owens. You may have heard it. Um, I'm just going to play a part of it, but uh, I think she strikes exactly the right tone on, uh, on this notion that we ought to deify and celebrate the life of George Floyd.
4: Hello, Facebook family. Um, I have decided to do this video. It has been weighing very heavily on my heart um, and on my mind as well. And it was something that I wanted to say early on, but there were so many emotions and so much pressure. Um, for me to go with the popular opinion about who George Floyd was. Um, And sometimes it can be difficult when there are just so many external pressures to say what you believe. And this was an instance where I felt like my silence would have been better in the beginning. But the more that I think about it, I realize that we are being sold a lot of lies and at the detriment to the Black community, at the detriment to the white community, and at the detriment to America as a whole. So I um, want to come out and say uh, that I do not support George Floyd and the media depiction of him as a martyr for Black America. I'm going to explain why, and I hope that some of you guys will understand where I'm coming from. Um, I have spent a considerable amount of time reading a lot of... Um, of Black authors that I think are some of the most brilliant Black Americans breathing. Um, Walter Williams, Shelby Steele, Thomas Sowell. And I recently came across something that was an idea that was planted into my head by Shelby Steele. And it has been something that I cannot um, forget. It is something that will stick with me for the rest of my life. And it is something that I hope for the Black Americans that are watching will stick with you for the rest of your life. Shelby Steele said that the Black community is unique from other communities. Um, our our culture is unique from other communities. Um, because we are the only community that caters to the bottom denominator of our society. Now, let me explain what that means. Um, it means to say that not every black American is a criminal, not every black American is committing crimes, but we are unique in that we are the only people that fight and scream and demand support and justice for the people in our community that are up to no good. You would be hard pressed to find, um, you know, a Jewish person who has spent five stints in prison, uh, who commits a crime and dies while committing a crime, and that the Jewish people champion and demand justice for. You will be hard pressed to find this in white America. You'll be hard pressed to find this even in Latino America. Uh, if there is a person that is spent multiple times in prison, you are not going to see a bunch of Latinos coming out um, demanding justice for this person, even if—and I want to be very clear—what I am saying is not any defense for Derek Chauvin. I hope Derek Chauvin gets the justice that um, that he deserves to be, um, you know, implemented upon him, and that the family um, of George Floyd deserves justice for the way that he that he died. Um, but I also am not going to accept the narrative that this is the best the Black community has to offer. For whatever reason, it has become. Fat- over the last uh five or six years for us to turn criminals into heroes overnight um and it is something that i find to be despicable and it's something that i refuse to stand by any longer and i'm not going to play a part in it no matter how much pressure comes from black liberals and black conservatives as as some token of people wanting you to believe that this is the only way you can be black is you have to say this was wrong and that this you know this person was amazing i won't do that uh george floyd was not an amazing person um and as soon as this video hit the internet I did just basic searches uh, everyone jumped on it and called and, and was looking at the police officer and everyone agrees that the police officer was wrong and the police officer has been arrested um, so that is not, the reason I'm not discussing that is because that is not something that has been misconstrued in the media, uh, he has been turned into the devil that he is and there is no reason for us to harp on that any longer because white Americans are not uplifting Derek Chauvin as a victim or pretending that he's an amazing human being but George Floyd is being uplifted as an amazing human being. Um, and uh, for those of you who have not yet seen the clips and did not pursue or wait for more clips to come out, uh, first and foremost, George Floyd at the time of his arrest was high on fentanyl and he was high on methamphetamine. Uh, this came back in both of his autopsy reports. Uh, if you pursue the 911 transcript, you can see the person describing somebody who is out of their mind high, um, and which is what made the person fearful because he tried to, you know, to uh, use a, a, a bill that I guess was a fake bill to purchase something.
1: Well, I'm not going to go on further with that. Uh, it's worth a, a look. Uh, it, it goes on for about 16 minutes. You ought to check it out. But that, uh, that celebration of George Floyd and that uh, deification of George Floyd that went on yesterday was just the first of uh, two funerals he's going to have. He's going to be transported back down to his hometown of Houston, and uh, he's going to have another funeral Well, Joe Biden will attend. And I, I wonder if Joe Biden is going to uh, take a knee at this funeral and, uh, and blubber over uh, poor George Floyd, who uh, was, during his life, a minister of society. We've got to run out to a break. When we come back, we're going to be joined by Ben Berkwan, an investigative journalist that's looked deeply into the Antifa movement. And we're going to find out what they're about, how they go about it, where they came from, and where they're going right after these messages on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. Check with us.
3: When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, Hmm. what's the word? Delightful because it's got available h track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit amazon.com slash hyundai, or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details.
0: This episode is sponsored by Schwans.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question.
1: And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network, your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an American nationalist perspective. Well, in the run up and aftermath of the 2016 election, we saw black clad and masked Antifa thugs in the streets attacking Trump supporters and any other peaceful citizen who happened to cross their path. And in these current protests, we've once again seen Antifa mobilized to turn these demonstrations into riots complete with arson, looting, and violence directed mainly at the police. In the presence of these extremist organizations, such as Antifa, uh, we have seen that the Department of Justice has mobilized. Yesterday, the Attorney General held a news conference where he pointed out that uh, his office intends to pursue Antifa with criminal charges.
5: As I told the governors on Monday, we understand the distinction between three different sets of actors here. The large preponderance of those who are protesting are peaceful demonstrators who are exercising their First Amendment rights. At some demonstrations... However, there are groups that exploit the opportunity to engage in such crimes as looting. And finally, at some demonstrations, there are extremist agitators who are hijacking the protests to pursue their own separate and violent agenda. We have evidence that Antifa and other similar extremist groups, as well as actors of a variety of different political uh, persuasions, have been involved in instigating and participating in the violent activity. And we are also seeing foreign actors playing all sides to exacerbate the violence. Well, to talk about this now, we're
1: joined by Ben Bergwam. Ben, pronounce your last name for me, please.
6: Uh, you got it pretty close,
1: Berkwan. Berkwan. He's an investigative journalist and a national field correspondent for America's Voice News. Ben covers everything from border security to the assaults on our First and Second Amendment rights to so-called sanctuary cities and the rise of democratic socialism. Ben has had a front row seat from his home there in the Republic of, People's Republic of California to the rise of the Antifa movement, and he's joining us now to talk about that. Ben, thanks for joining us
6: pleasure to be
1: honest with you Jim. so um you know antifa had sort of uh, uh gone underground for about a year uh and we hadn't seen him but uh, as soon as these these latest protests started we started seeing them showing up uh with their you know uh black clothing and and masks and carrying umbrellas and uh that they used as weapons and and other uh clubs and uh you know inciting violence and riot uh, by breaking windows and inciting the crowd. Uh, you saw a lot of that uh, in, there in California and in Berkeley and uh, in Oakland and other Bay Area cities. Tell us what you uh, witnessed and what you know about Antifa.
6: Yeah, I've uh, I've met them many times, many different ones. I've got 13 stitches in my head uh, from my first interaction with them in Berkeley and uh, have been, you know, assaulted multiple times since then at different events from Washington DC and Texas and, and all over the country. They're, they're everywhere. Uh, they're mobilized, they're coordinated, they're well-funded and they're evil punk thugs. Um, we've got, you know, really what they are is a, is a, it's a combination, you know, it's kind of a mixed bag and a combination of anarchists, Marxist communists, uh, who really just hate America, hate, Order the rule of law, um, you know, being told what to do, and uh, in onesies and twosies, they're they're scared little little kids. When they turn into fifty on one, then they they build some courage and they you know can do some damage. And so what, that's what we've seen. They're uh, really we're mobilizing, and one of the things people need to understand too is they're not this you know separate isolated group that uh, attacks uh, on their own. And, and you know does their own thing, they are coordinated with other groups in America, the Democratic Socialists of America, and really with the Democratic Party. Uh, many in the Democratic Party, they, they've basically become the brown shirts uh, for the far left wing of the Democratic Party. And so depending on what's going on and what message needs to be spread or what message they're trying to silence, they're mobilized. And we saw that with the 2016 election. And they were out even before President Trump was inaugurated. And that was really my first interaction with them uh, during that lead up to the election and then the following the election. And that's what their, their entire purpose is to intimidate you, intimidate America into compliance, into, you know, into silence. And that's what we're seeing now. So you, what, what they are is, is they're an organization of opportunity. And so anytime there is something that they can capitalize to push their message or to push their hatred, their, their, their intimidation. uh, That's when you see them come out. So for, you know, 2016, 2017, they were heavy, uh, especially on the uh, East and West coast. We were out at several different rallies and what was nice in that time was we saw the rise of the, like you said, the um, American nationalist movement and not to be confused with the white nationalist movement. Uh, i'm an american nationalist i put america first every american should be an american nationalist agreed that means you love america first it's it's our home it's our country it's the place that uh, our children and our grandchildren are going to be raised doesn't matter what color your skin is this should be the place that you put first and so we um we saw a rise of patriots across america of all skin colors, of all, both, of all two genders, coming out and saying, we're done with this, and started actually standing up to Antifa. And that was the first time we had seen that in mass across the country. And what it turned into was a, kind of a small taste of uh, almost like a micro-civil war in some uh, counties or uh, states like Oregon down in Portland and Berkeley and San Francisco and, and, and other places. And what was interesting, when it first started, they were able to hide behind the cloak of, oh, we're anti-fascists. And, and basically what that means to them is anything that we don't like, we deem it as fascist. So President Trump is a fascist. If you uh, carry an American flag, you're a fascist. If you love this country, you're a fascist. And, and basically it's a catch-all for anything. It's like, like now, a racist. Anybody who, if you're, you know, right now if you're white and you're not a liberal supporting Violent riot, then you're a racist. If you're, uh, if you don't support a woman's right to lie about being raped, then you're a sexist. So it's, it's all of these things, like we saw with Kavanaugh. Uh, So we, you know, they're used for that purpose. And what was interesting, though, when they first came out, was you had people like Speaker Nancy Pelosi saying, "Oh, they're, you know, supporting them. Oh, these, these great anti-fascists out here in San Francisco." We had an event that was put on by my friend Will Johnson, in part. Uh, he was a co-organizer of it. He's a black American. He's, he's dark-skinned, but he's an American. I hate when we separate people out, we divide them into African-American. We're, we're all Americans. But he had this event scheduled, and she came out and actually said it was being organized by a white supremacists and basically gaslighted it to invite Antifa to come out and, and be violent. Now, they showed up and basically burned down Berkeley – Uh, the event ended up being canceled. A few Patriots went out there, they got beat up and, uh, Berkeley was, was rioted. And she actually, that was the first time she actually had to come back out and denounce Antifa. This was, I I believe it was in the, the, towards the end of 2017. Well,
1: the mayor of Berkeley actually, uh, turned a blind eye to it and uh, came out in support of Antifa himself. And then it came out that he had Facebook posts in support of Antifa. And this is, we've seen this again and again in Berkeley and Oakland and, and, uh, Yep. Portland and Seattle uh, that these mayors uh, refuse to uh, take any action these mayors and uh, and uh, attorney uh, local attorneys district attorneys refuse to take any action against these people so they've had a free run and at the same time if uh, if anybody tries to oppose them uh, they're immediately charged with assault and uh, and right. thrown in jail
6: right yeah in fact I was uh, that the time that the Berkeley mayor said that. That's when I was assaulted, and there was a line of cops. He actually had the police stand down in Berkeley. There was a line of 30 police officers standing there as I was getting beat over the head with sticks, and and they did nothing. Now, thankfully, since then, because we've been able to show, you know, who they really are, that started to change, and so they went dormant for several months uh, after they were exposed for not being anti-fascist, just being. Violent, anti-American, and so we—that was kind of the the lull that we've seen over the last several months. When actually Nancy Pelosi had to come out and say, uh, you know, this action is not acceptable, and so they they went into hiding. And and and, but you need to—I mean, America needs to understand this. They do the bidding of the Democratic Party and of the of the far left. They well, the far left is
1: sort of the heart and soul and the driving ideology behind the Democrat Party at this point. It's
6: the base. It's the base. So they are the henchmen. They are the they are the you know, fifth of the Democratic Party. When you see that fifth in the air, that is the Democrats. So whether that's the Democratic mayor of Berkeley or Nancy Pelosi or Gavin Newsom here in California or anywhere across the country, that, that's, they are, it's one and the same. It's this idea of intersectionality, they call it now. So whatever organization you're with, whatever ideology you have, if you're on the left, you're, you stand together. And that goes up all the way up to the leftist activist judges that we have. Uh, down to CNN and MSNBC and the reporting that we have across the country, all connected. They all work together to push the agenda, and to really it's, it's to undermine America is the bottom line.
1: Well, I want to talk about the origins of Antifa in Europe, uh, but I, I, before we uh, just get on from their violence uh, there on the left coast, uh, I think one of the most stark illustrations of their tactics uh, was at that uh, I think it was in San Francisco or – or Berkeley, but, uh, that, that professor, uh, assistant adjunct professor out there was running around the streets with a, a bike lock, cracking people on the head. And they had him yep. on video. Uh, one of the protesters was kneeling in the street, trying to open a dialogue, uh, with the leftists. And he, um, he stepped out of the crowd unannounced, you know, uh, without any warning, and busted this guy's head open, and uh, and the local district attorney out there drugged this out for months and months. And the last I uh, I was aware of it, he had had the charges dropped or downgraded with him, and didn't uh, didn't serve any time in jail at all.
6: That's right. Yeah, he pled down to basically nothing, and and it just went away. That was what was his name? you could. Uh, I'm drawing a blank on it right Me now. Me too. I can see his face. Yeah, it, it was the same day. It was, it was,
1: but that, that's the kind of activity that just emboldens these people. They think there are going to be no consequences uh, for, I mean, that absolutely. was assault with a deadly weapon. That that man could have uh, very well died.
6: That's right. It, it could have been attempted murder. It absolutely was assault with a deadly weapon, and he should have spent uh, years in jail. I mean, that, that kind of behavior, as soon as you allow that, and that's what we're seeing in America. Right now, We have you know, they talk about uh, you know, privilege. You know, they, they use this white privilege and, and as a justification to, you know, to basically just attack America and attack the foundation of this country and, and, and say whatever they want. Really what we have in America is uh, wealthy liberal privilege. Anybody who can be represented and, and politically correct privilege. If you're on the right side of the political spectrum in the right place and you've got the right judge on your side, you can get away with just about anything now. If you're on the other side of that, and I've, I've experienced that, I was actually assaulted in Texas in a liberal, I was out there uh, at the uh, Clint Border Patrol Station when they were rioting saying that the, you know they're holding kids in cages and all of these lies. i actually toured the facility the day before. I went out to one of the protests that was going on out there just to counter it, and I said, if you support open borders, you support the cartels. I was assaulted by a Telemundo cameraman, and ultimately I got charged with assault because a CNN cameraman said that I assaulted him. And so I'm still actually battling that through Texas right now, but it's actually to the point where you, you are not only protected if you're on the opposite side of it, you, you you can actually get the charges. And so it's just, we are living in a a very scary time upside down world. Yes. Well, and it's, it really comes down to, we don't have equal justice under the law. I mean, that's, that's the bottom line. And so when you have, you know, we're having these protests all over the country for George Floyd, that should be the message. It, you know, George Floyd deserves justice, but so does everybody else in this country, and we're not seeing it, and it's not because of the color of your skin. It's because we don't have equal justice under the law because our our legal system has been hijacked.
1: Ben, we got to take a break. I hope you can stick with us through the break, and uh, we'll talk about the origins on the other side. Absolutely. Mojo And we're talking with Ben Berkwan. He's an investigative journalist with America's Voice News. Talking about Antifa. And uh, they are the uh, riot-prone, violent organization that has taken root in this country. They've got literally scores of chapters across this nation. They're allowed to organize and and, uh, agitate on uh, social media, including Facebook and Twitter, while they continue to take down any uh, any voices uh, on the right that uh, they happen to disagree with they allow antifa to organize uh, these incitements to riot um ben that uh, that bike locker attacker's name was eric clanton and he ultimately got three years probation there for that uh that uh, attempted murder uh, there in berkeley california that was caught on tape i want to talk to you a little bit about the the ideology and the origins of the antifa movement Um, we know that, uh, the original, uh, groups were from Europe and, uh, they were said to have been, um, uh, Nazi fighters. Uh, they, they, uh, they were, uh, the communist side of the struggle between the Nazis and the communists. What most people don't realize is, um, that the, the communists, the side that they were representing went on to, uh, be responsible for the death of, uh, about, uh, 20 or 25 million people there in Russia. So this uh, notion where they run around calling everybody a Nazi sort of hides the fact that, one, uh, they use Nazi brown shirt tactics, and two, they're identifying with a group that was uh, responsible for one of the biggest uh, genocides in history. What do you know about their ideology and what they hope to achieve by sowing anarchy?
6: yeah no, that's it's a great point. Uh, you, you always hear that. they're anti-fascist. they call themselves fa- anti-fascist. Well, in reality, they're you know communism and fascism, it's two sides of the same coin. it's it's which which totalitarianism do you choose? And that's what they are. they they are supporting a different form of totalitarianism or their original intention. You know they right now they're most of them when you interview them, and that's why I try to do that. Eric Clinton, but, uh, I was actually looking that up uh, over the break as you did. The reason he was out there, the reason he swung that bike lock was because the left can't allow dialogue because when dialogue occurs, they lose. And so Antifa, their sole purpose is to put fear into anyone who is willing to have a rational conversation to try to prevent the, the competition in the arena of ideas. Because it, when that happens, when that occurs,
1: they socialism,
6: lose. communism, and fascism—they all lose. That's why America is the greatest country in the history of the world. Our free market—we well, used to be a free market uh, capitalist country. Now we're—you know—quasi corporate uh, uh, capitalists. We're—you know—there's there's fascism in, in certain places. There's socialism in certain places. But ultimately, Antifa's primary objective is to silence dissent, and they do that through fascist tactics. I mean, like, like you said, what they're doing—and uh, I'll be out there. When, when you're trying to silence people with violence, that is, that's the tactics of a fascist. That's exactly what they did. The Brown shirts did in, in, uh, Germany. And so, but whether or not they're you know supporting communism and now a lot of them support anarchy, which is, you know, again, it, choose your dictator because that's what ends up happening coming out of it. You, you're either going to be, uh, a socialist or communist, um, their their primary objective is just to silence you and to intimidate you into not showing up, so that they can push the ideology that they want to push. Whether that's uh, global climate action, you know, we've seen them used for these these climate protests to push the global warming agenda, um, or to now we're seeing this with the Black Lives Matter movement across America being used to silence anyone that would come out there and, and ask questions. Uh, you know, maybe maybe there's problems in the inner city that don't involve police brutality. Maybe there's things that we can do that don't involve abolishing the police in our justice system. As soon as you start asking those questions, that's when the violent arm of the Democratic Party comes out. And- you
1: know what's funny about it is they, they like to style themselves, and they're out in the streets cosplaying as revolutionaries, and, uh, and they want to overthrow the man. The, the reality is uh, the man – is them. Uh, the, the leftists sure. control so many of the big institutions in our country, including education uh, in, in California. They control the courts and, and the, uh, the seats of power at uh, the state house and in uh, and, and mayor's offices throughout the state and, and in, in the same case in uh, New York and many other East Coast cities. Uh, so, this notion that they're somehow you know overthrowing the established order, they are the established order they are the shock troops of the uh leftist establishment that has taken over so many of the institutions in this country so they uh, they like to think of themselves as revolutionaries when in fact they're just enforcers of the leftist status quo
6: right well and and it's the same thing we saw you know with the Bolsheviks in in Russia. They were used to to undermine the, the the czar and take over the country. What's ironic is in America you've got the left, the media on the side of Antifa and the left. Well, who were the first people to die after the the Russian Revolution when communism takes over? It's anyone who who dares to speak their mind to speak out against what's going on. You know, you and saw
1: so, that in yeah. some of those undercover videos that uh, Project Veritas captured of the Bernie Sanders campaign workers the communist workers inside bernie sanders campaign yeah. that were saying yeah. the first thing we're going to do is line all these liberals up against the wall <laughs>
6: <laughs> it's, it's, it's unbelievable you know and you look at that it's, it's actually that that you know the bed the strangest bedfellows we have right now between you've got antifa you've got a complicit media who will be like you said the first ones lined up but then they're also aligned with islam in america which ultimately there's going to if any of them were to take over America there would be a fight to the death between all of them because they can they're they're not compatible uh, th- and none of them are compatible ultimately with American western ideology but the 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 irony is that they're all used in conjunction they're all coordinating and working together to destroy this country and then you know you talk to them i've, I've actually talked to a few of them and it's like well what happens after you guys take over and they're like well then We'll see what happens then. And so it's it's basically my, my enemy's enemy is my friend. They have no uh, plan the for the future. Four. Wouldn't
1: it be great if there was an island that we could send them all to and <laughs> uh, and let them try to organize this? I think called git uh, this... I think
6: it's called Gitmo. It's called Gitmo.
1: <laughs> let them try to organize their, uh, their leftist ideology and see how well it works out for them. A lot of them are living, you know, in their parents' basement and uh, yeah. coming out, you know, dressing up. I guess they get a big thrill out of dressing up in all black, uh every time you've seen them go up against actual uh Patriots um in the streets, they they end up running. Um but as long as there are old ladies and uh and you know uh, commentators like uh Ann Coulter or uh uh Ben oh, it's not Ben Stein. Uh Shapiro. Ben Shapiro uh to attack. They're they're all for uh that kind of thing. I saw a a clip on YouTube where they were uh, going through fight training and, and uh, you know, (laughs) uh, learning how to attack people, um, you know, by gouging their eyes out and breaking their ribs. Well, I've seen a lot of videos and uh, basically what they, they do is get their butts kicked and, uh, and start screaming for the police to bail them out.
6: Yeah. First they have to learn how to punch without a limp wrist. And you know, that's the, that's, that's a tough thing for a lot of them, but no, they, they are they, they scream about this, and this is, this is one of my, my pet peeves with the left in general, always demanding justice, always saying America is this terrible country. I've lived all over the world. My parents were missionaries in Africa, and I've seen what oppression really is. I've seen what desperation really is. I've seen what poverty really is. We don't really have it in America. We do if your parents are meth addicts and you've got no love in your home. I mean, there's places in America that look like third-world countries, and actually now even more so in, in these Democrat-run cities, uh, they do look like third-world countries. But it is—it's—it is—it's sad that these people are out there saying America is this terrible place. They should absolutely be sent off. And this was one of those things. It's you know during the 2016 election, we had all these people come out and say, if, if President Trump wins, I'm leaving America. And I man, good riddance. I wish they would have left. Obviously, none of them did because they know the people that, most of the people that said that know that America is still the greatest country. In you notice the world. they always
1: talk about going to Australia or Canada. They never say that they're going to go to Venezuela or Cuba or yes. any of the places yes. uh, where they actually have yes. that systems of government that they're, they're uh, promoting.
6: Right. Or they, they even say, you know, places in Europe, Scandinavia, where they call it socialist, which it's really not the the, 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 from an economic standpoint, they don't control the means of production over there. They have a lot of social programs, uh, which I, I still wouldn't want to live there because I don't want 80% taxes, but, uh, but it is, it is ironic that they never choose the, the supposed places that they are, the ideologies that they believe in, like you said, Venezuela, Cuba, China. Um, and, but I do, I ask them all the time, I say, you know, why is it that there's no example of a successful socialist or communist country ever you know, without massive bloodshed? And even with that, you, you know, you can look at China genocide. Well, they've yeah. Even had to, they've, yeah genocide. They've even had to uh, open up their, their economy because they were failing. Russia failed because of that. It, and their answer is always it's so. It's almost humorous. They the, the answer I, I get every single time is well, it just hasn't been done right. If we're the ones in power, then we'll we'll be able to do it right. And the truth is, no, it's been done right every time. And that's the, the that's proof the inevitable that
1: result. You had uh, you had Bernie result. Sanders and uh, and Sean Penn and all of these Hollywood leftists. Uh, Daniel Danny Glover running around praising. Um, the dictator in Venezuela, uh, right up until the point where their economy collapsed and they had tanks in the streets putting down, uh, you know, the people, and then they uh, they suddenly uh, disappeared entirely. Hey, tell us what yep. you know about Antifa's involvement in these current protests slash riots.
6: They're heavily they're heavily involved, uh, along with the other hundred or so groups uh, that the left has has created. That uh, George Soros has created. It's not just Antifa, but really antifa is kind of a catch-all for the violent left in america there is an organization they are well-funded they're all across america uh that, that go by the name antifa they are a terrorist organization but there's about 100 other ones that should be added to that blm is one of those as well they you know blm is basically just rebranding of the black panthers and uh, and so they're they are heavily involved with the violence that we see going on right now this this uh, stupidity of saying that it's white supremacists going in there and and inciting these uh, and there could be there could be legitimate white supremacist groups out there that are that are mingling in and trying to do this but there's such a tiny fraction of of the the populace that they're really irrelevant but antifa for sure they're out there i've seen them all over the country we were in minneapolis uh three days ago uh well
1: we're uh we're about days, to out mind. of time i got one more question i want to ask you uh yep uh, do you think that the FBI uh, and other uh, law enforcement agencies have infiltrated this group, or have they uh, continued like the local police agencies to turn a blind eye to it?
6: No, I think they have. We're starting to hear information coming out. Um, I, I believe Project Veritas, some of their work they've been doing. I believe they've probably been working with the FBI as well. Uh, I think they're going to start. It's going to start unraveling very soon.
1: Ben Berkwan is an investigative journalist at America's Voice News. Ben covers everything from border security. Ben, where can we find you on the web?
6: Uh, America's Voice News, uh, americasvoice.news,
1: or frontlineamerica.com and any other social media. Frontlineamerica.com. Ben, thanks for joining us.
6: Thank you so much, Jim.
1: Well, that takes us to the end of this edition of Right Now with Jim Dawes. I want to thank you for joining us and invite you back here again tomorrow on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. We'll talk to you then.